From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. One game down, three to go. If you're a Nuggets fan, you just lived through a historic night. You watched your team get their first ever opportunity at the NBA championship. And now your team remains undefeated in finals history as an organization. The question is, will that trend continue? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll get to all of that in a moment, but we do have some big breaking news in the NBA. This afternoon, this broke just a few minutes ago, the Suns are planning to hire Frank Vogel as the franchise's next coach. Sources tell ESPN sides are starting work on a long-term deal. Vogel brings with them a 2020 NBA title and a history of constructing high-level defenses. That according to our own Adrian Wojnarowski. Now, we get a power hour. Andre Snelling's ESPN senior writer joining the show for the entire hour. Also sticking around on ESPN Radio from 3 to 7 p.m. today. So, really, it's just a Dre day. It's like, today's National Donut Day? Is it Donuts and Dre Day? Is that what, like, D&D? <laughs> Donuts and Dre do go together. Just ask my belly. Oh, well, that's... Uh, do we- I, so, so, hold on, Dre. Earlier, we said, if you have a dad bod, don't you be ashamed of it. Mm. We're going to embrace it. And Nikola mm. Jokic is the reason why. Hey, you know what? He represented for the fellas. That's I right. like that. <laughs> Him and Tyson Fury. I mean, like, that, <laughs> boy, you were right. you were the baddest man in the world. Exactly. Like, that's it. You know, uh, maybe I'll have maybe I'll have a half a dozen donuts. Uh, do you have a favorite? I know we have basketball to get to. Uh, hang on, everybody. Do we have a favorite go-to donut, Dre? Krispy Kreme. Uh, well, I mean, I went to school in Atlanta, so um, many a night I had Krispy Kreme de- glazed. You know, uh, that that was the the, the studying. Uh, uh, elixir of the gods. Okay, and you both went Krispy Kreme quickly. I, I will tell everybody that Krispy Kreme are trash. Uh, by the way, I've, I've oh, maintained that opinion for goodness. a long time. We got to do this again. When I, we when I drive by a Krispy Kreme, when it says when I drive by a Krispy Kreme and it says whatever hot and fresh or hot and ready, whatever they say, in them, I'm driving right by. Okay, uh, there is one donut that, that matters to the world. It's cake donut, right? So Krispy Kreme doesn't have cake donuts. I don't want that like melt in my mouth wow. badness. I want a Dunkin' Donut chocolate frosted donut. So it's the two layers of chocolate: the chocolate donut, cake donut with the chocolate frosting on it. My dad used to go get a dozen of those. We'd watch the Raiders every Sunday while we ate a dozen cake donuts. But but miss me with all the Krispy Kreme. Like, Krispy Kremes are objectively well, can I say just this? bad Can donuts. I say this really quick? Dre, Fitz is the type of person that gets his donuts from Holy Moly Donut Shop from Friday <laughs> at the next. <laughs> plus, the last time I saw Fitz, he told me he was a Kraft macaroni and cheese. I am a Kraft macaroni and cheese. Oh, my goodness. Dude. I am a Kraft mac. I, I, I have the palate of a child, but I still like going to really nice restaurants. That's what I can't figure out, y'all. Like, I, I'll go out to a place that costs too much money and sit there and be, like, lavishly. But if I'm eating at home, like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I can cook. I'm a hell of a cook. But if I'm eating at home, I got no problem with, like, you know, cut up a hot dog, put it in this Kraft mac, and have you a cake donut afterwards i'm just you're welcome okay fine we'll get to the basketball now uh the first reaction when i say frank vogel and phoenix suns dre what do you say my first reaction is the suns had to get a championship level coach after firing monty williams um i still personally thought that he was the best coach for that job but if you are going to move on from him and you're seeing nick nurse go elsewhere and and you're seeing you know all of the the championship guys moving on I think uh, for the musical chairs, they, they reached out. They got a guy who's won the Western Conference and the NBA Finals relatively recently. And, um, you know, he can help build a defense to go with what should be a 
potent offense, you know, start, uh, starring Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So, I mean, you know, it's a name. So that, that that's the first thought is they got a brand name. Yeah, all the dominoes started to fall. So, you know, Matt Ishbia had to make a move here in, in this sense, uh, signing Frank Vogel. But I want to take y'all back in history a little bit about Frank Vogel, who became the coach of the Indiana Pacers from 2011 to 2016. So they made the playoffs five of those six years. Do you know who stopped Frank Vogel from potentially getting to an NBA championship and potentially probably winning one for those six years? It was LeBron James. LeBron James and the Miami Heat stopped him four of the six years to not getting to an NBA championship and having that opportunity. Then he went down to Orlando 2016 to 18, didn't have a good showing down there, became the head coach of the Lakers 2019 to 2022 won an NBA championship with the same guy that in stopped him for even reaching one, right, in the bubble. <laughs> so in. it's not like Frank Vogel is not a good coach. And I'm just going to name some of the guys that he coached in Indiana. You talk about Paul George, Roar Hilbert, Lance Stevenson, George Hill, David West, Danny Granger. When these guys were in their prime, probably outside of um, David West, but he coached some, some quality-level guys who can play at a very, very high level. So he's not just some scrub that the Suns are picking up from the coaching rankings off the streets. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't say he's a scrub at all. I just, uh, I, one man's trash is another man's treasure through this entire process, right? The Lakers decided that the bubble championship wasn't worth keeping him around. They bring in Darvin Ham. In the meantime, Monty Williams goes to Detroit where he gets paid epic amounts of money to go over him. there to the, the Pistons, you know, which is good <laughs> for him. I'm just wondering, like, right now, if you're Devin Booker, uh, you know, and you're KD, what is it that's going to get you excited to come to work right now? And, and maybe it's Frank Vogel. Maybe it's Frank Vogel. Vogel and a high-level defensive uh, prospect, but also, like, uh, I, I don't know. It, it just feels like at this point it's such a revolving door with these coaches. Who knows, you know? I mean, we, we live in this world where with big names like Doc Rivers out there, I just wondered if they'd make a bigger splash. I don't like. I don't know that Frank Vogel is like you ain't putting Frank on the, the billboards and suddenly people are saying, oh, yeah, we've got Frank. <laughs> I, you know, there's me ever being the cynic on it. Like, none of them are going to be Spolstra. I, I, but I will say this about Frank Vogel. He has a recent championship on his resume, though. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's he has that. And, and one thing that we do need to acknowledge, and, and Dre, I want to get your thoughts on this, because Harry and I have talked a lot about this finals matchup with Mike Malone and Spo give us two of the four most tenured coaches in the NBA right now. And I keep saying that because what I, I think we're seeing in the culture of the NBA is that every time something doesn't go wrong, you fire a coach because it's easier to fire a coach than it is to find superstars. But let's be real, the two teams right now left standing in these NBA playoffs are here because they've kept their coach and they've had continuity. Like, that's what you have to find at some level. Yeah, you do have to find that. And you mentioned two of the, the, the four most tenured. You know, of course, Pop has got to be the most tenured guy in the world, and he just got his Victor Wimbanyama gift so yeah. you know maybe he'll be back in the finals again before he, he has new up. life <laughs> you're not wrong about that like Pop's gonna be sitting here for the next 15 years he's like oh, I got Wimbanyama I'm good with exactly you know I'm never retiring now but but yeah no there's something to be said for continuity there's also something to be said for talent you know Mike Malone is a good coach if he didn't have Nikola Jokic we probably wouldn't be discussing him in these you know in, in these terms um Spo obviously has done it with a whole just goodie bag full of players. So, you know, he, he's earned his spot here. But, yeah, there's something to be said for continuity. I think that that getting back on Vogel, and he's not just a guy because he won that championship, right? In when, the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this finals like the epitome of we got to get rid of the in the bubble? Because Jimmy Butler and Jamal Murray were both in the bubble, guys, and now they're showing 
they're not. You right. Know? No, that that is fair. Right. We're, we're disproving the in the bubble. I just, you know, like I like to be a troll as much as possible and just remind people that it was a bubble championship. That's that's all. You mentioned Jimmy Butler. Let's go there for a second. Jimmy Butler last night, 13 points. Jimmy Butler last night passing on some open looks. Jimmy Butler last night at one point. Uh, it felt like the Nuggets were standing like people do against me in the gym, where they're like, no, go ahead, you can shoot that. We'll give that to you. And he didn't make him pay for it. Like, how does he fix that? Yeah, so uh, I, I tweeted out during the game last night, that was the most passive I've seen Jimmy Butler in this entire playoffs. And he had a few games, um, especially after he had the ankle injury and m maybe one or two against Boston, where he wasn't as aggressive as he had been early on. But this time, I mean, the entire team set a record for the fewest free throws in a finals game in the history of the NBA. Like, history is a really long time, you know? And so the level of lack of aggressiveness from Jimmy Butler cannot be repeated or else this is an easy sweep. Well, I, and I just think in the NBA finals, right, if you're Jimmy Butler and company, you just went through something similar in the Eastern Conference finals. So I don't even think this should have been an issue in round one. But I think the Miami Heat, for them offensively to get going, they have to get to the free throw line. And particularly, Jimmy Butler has to get to the free throw line. So moving forward, they're going to have to initiate the contact. They was not the most physical team in game one. And I wouldn't have thought I would have said that in a game one of the NBA Finals versus the Denver Nuggets with Jimmy Butler on the opposite side. But that's where the chips uh, fell in this matchup. Yeah, it felt like for whatever reason they came out hesitant is the best word to use I think when it comes to Jimmy Butler and it, it felt like he was never comfortable and the amazing part to me is that I thought from the outset of the game Miami would come out and try and assert that they were going to be bullies in this game instead it felt like Miami was being run off the court early and by the time Miami even tried to figure out how to catch their breath they couldn't match blow for blow moving forward now that being said so a lot of negative things. By the way, O'Reilly Auto Parts Loaner Tool Program has more than 80 specialty loaner tools available to help you with your next repair. Refundable deposit required. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. We've just given you a bunch of negatives about the Miami Heat. There is one reason why the Heat can still feel good that they can walk out of Denver with a split. We'll tell you what it is next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, special guest, Andre Snelling. Oh, yeah. Hey. It's Love oh, Friday. I want to know. We're out here letting Friday afternoon set the mood for Friday night. I want to know. We should, we should just hear the voice again. Let, let, him, let the man tell the people. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. If that doesn't make a no-no say yes, yes, you might be dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harry oh, Douglas, man. Jason Fitz, Andre Snelling. <laughs> Dre, we get, a little, we get a little crazy out here on Fridays. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, we're helping. We're helping. You know, uh, we're helping people set the mood. That's Every, all. Everybody got to drop their voice to octave. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so no lie. Wait, wait, so why is it like? Let's just be. Let's just be very real for a second. Why uh -huh. is it that like I'm white? I can't do that. Like I just don't know. <laughs> like I'm like hello, everybody. 
<laughs> I, I whisper in a deep voice and people think I'm a serial killer. But, they don't want you, me driving you wanna a know who ha- You want to know who has a voice like that, though, that works for us? Trey. Okay, no. Go. No, no, no. Renee. Oh, Renee does have, like, Renee. 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 Give us, give us your, uh, Dre, give us your sexy voice. Come on. <laughs> now it's a job for a hat. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying that is. <laughs> All right, let's spread a little bit of love for Love Friday uh, to the Miami Heat because I've been just really harsh on the Heat. And look, I, it's not because I'm disrespecting Miami. Uh, it's not because I don't think they're a great basketball team. It just feels like it's a bad matchup. It feels like it's a bad matchup against a team that's hot, and it feels like it's a bad matchup against a team that's hot with fresh legs. A lot of things going against them, but there might be a chance. There's a little bit of hope you can take here. Bam Adebayo, 26 points, 13 boards last night. And I have been just saying this whole time, we need to see a more assertive Bam. We saw a more assertive Bam. Plus, Caleb Martin, 1 for 7. Max Struess, 0 for 10. They went 1 for 17 from the field in game 1. I mean, you, there is no way, Harry, that level of suck is duplicated for game two, right? Like, so if you want a reason for hope for the Heat, they had open looks, they just didn't hit them. That's not going to happen again. Well, that's one of the things. And I'll go Max Struess, Caleb Martin, and also Duncan Robinson. The, the, all three of the guys combined, they were two for 23. That's 0.08%. That is definitely unheard of. Um, I think Bam, you mentioned Bam, he was phenomenal last night. And that's very encouraging if you're the Miami Heat because in the Boston Celtics series, especially the last four games, I was worried uh, a tremendous lot, tremendously uh, about Bam. But I think another guy that came off the bench in, in that Celtics series and also in game one has started to show that he's a guy that they can count on. It's Highsmith, bringing energy from the bench, showing that he can play defense, and also being counted on to be able to, to be a shot maker. Seven for ten for the field last night. And I think last night in that fourth quarter, you've seen the Miami Heat be able to make six threes. Right, So the threes actually started falling. It was just entirely too late, and they couldn't get the stops that they needed once they cut the lead to 10 to get over the hump versus the Denver Nuggets and uh, uh, create that comeback. Yeah, I mean, so when I think about the Heat and the Nuggets, I have combat sport analogies. So when we were talking about dad bod, I talked about Tyson Fury. I feel like that's kind of what the Nuggets are right now. They're just bigger and more skilled, and they have so many different ways they can beat you. Whereas the Miami Heat, maybe they're more like Deontay Wilder was. They're they're smaller, they're leaner, they're they're hungrier, and 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 they're dependent on their big knockout blow landing. And when your three point shooters shoot eight percent from from behind the arc, you don't have your knockout blow. When when Jimmy Butler is passing on shots and scoring a, a, a playoff low thirteen points, you don't have your knockout blow. So. I don't know, just like Deontay was never able to overcome Tyson Fury, I don't know if the Heat actually can challenge the, the the Nuggets. We'll have to see that in future games. But I feel like in order for them to have a chance at challenging, they have to have uh, all of their, their weapons at their disposal. Dre, you're going to get me in trouble because I, I know Deontay Wilder. Personally, you can mm. get me in trouble, Dre. Hey, I, I met Deontay Wilder here in the cafeteria, and that man fist bumped me. And I was like, I am so scared with this fist bump. Either he's going to break my hand, or I might break his, and I don't know what to be worse. I, I, I love your analogy. I just felt like in the beginning yeah, of the one? game last night, it w- you're using the wrong Tyson. I felt like in the beginning of the game last night, the heat felt like the boxer that's facing Mike Tyson, and you're just looking here saying, how am I going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I don't want to say intimidated. It's just cautious. Cautious is the best way I can describe what I, I felt like we saw. Now, uh, Brian Windhorse, our great ESPN NBA insider, was on Get Up, 
and said this about actually I'm going to get the guys to queue up. I'm not sure I have the right thing here. Brian Windhorst uh, told us about the heat and maybe in the fourth quarter how they could have gotten things figured out. We're going to get that audio played for you right now. He only had five shots going into the fourth. They were obviously winning very big. In the fourth quarter, though, he only had two assists, and he took seven shots. That is the type of defensive game plan that he were trying to get to. They were trying to force him to hold on to the ball. There was even one possession late in the fourth quarter where he was standing literally about six feet from the basket where nobody was around him, and he kind of looked all four sides and said, you know what, I'm just going to shoot it. That's what the Heat want to do. Their game plan coming in was to sort of allow him to operate with the ball but try to cut off those passing lanes. And the, the sheer size difference, and guys, I know that it's not a surprise to the Heat how big the Nuggets are, but it's one thing to prepare for. It's one thing to look at the roster. It's another thing when you actually go out there and deal with it. They couldn't handle those size mismatches. Here's the thing, though, guys. As much as we want to say maybe the Heat figured things out in the fourth quarter, haven't we done that before? It wasn't that long ago in the Lakers series where, you know, all of a sudden the Lakers went on a run and Mike Malone came back and said, why are we talking about this all the time? Like there was a, a moment where all of a sudden everybody was turning around and saying, hey, maybe the Lakers figured it out. But fact is they, they hadn't figured it out. It was just one of those moments where better to be lucky than good. They sort of went through it. You know, I, I think this is what Malone said at the time about our conversations about the Lakers having figured it out much is being made of them putting Rui Hachimura on Nikola Jokic like we've never seen that before there's this kind of discussion being based that like even though the Lakers lost you know they're walking out of here last night like they think they've got something I'll bet you every red penny I have that Darvin Ham would rather be up 1-0 than down 0-1 and we're doing the same damn thing Dre come on we're bringing it right back to the fourth quarter maybe they figured it out we've done this before I mean but we kind of have to do it right because otherwise what's the point like if if the nuggets are just overwhelmingly better than the heat then there's not going to be a lot to talk about for the next week and and the series will be over in four and that could very well be the case because we did talk about that with the lakers we saw it with the suns before that you know um the nuggets have been clearly the best team in these playoffs the other kind of combat analogy i would make for not so much saying that the nuggets have it figured out but can they figure it out is there something they can do um, your, your mike tyson analogy I, I look to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I, I used to do a little bit of BJJ, and the whole purpose of it is that the little guy is able to compete with the big guy by using techniques and trying things that the big guy isn't able to easily combat. And so, you know, we, we heard Mike Malone, Michael, I'm sorry, Michael yeah. Malone, <laughs> say that, that um, you know, the, 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 the Hachimura on on Jokic, like that's never been tried before. The Heat need to be doing that. I had Kevin Love as my big X factor. For there you the go. Heat. He didn't play in game one. There you go, Dre. And so, you know, I think they need to mix it up. Maybe you try putting Love on Jokic and let Bam roam guard uh, <laughs> um, uh, Aaron Gordon so that Gordon can't just go off and then be a, a shot blocker in the paint. Do that for a few possessions. Then you switch it up. Go back to that zone. Uh, see if that can get them off balance again. Then you switch it up again. They, they have to be the ones using the, the techniques and the adjustments on the fly to keep, you know, the giant off balance if they want to have a chance of being Gulliver. Yeah, well, it, it, it made sense to me in the Boston Celtics series why Kevin Love couldn't be out there, right? Because you talk about the athleticism of those guys. For Boston, this didn't match up well. But in this series, I think you need a guy like Kevin Love because if you're the Heat, you got to figure out how Gabe Vincent is not going to end up on Aaron Gordon with – 
one of the most elite passers I think that a game of basketball has ever seen in Nikola Jokic, feeding him that basketball because he his basketball IQ is so high that he understands it's a game of matchups and he will pass up a good shot to get Aaron Gordon a great shot because of that size difference in that size matchup. So I think Spolster is going to have to go look at look at his roster and say, okay, how can we do some things differently? that we didn't do in game one that got exposed against us. Tune in for baseball action tomorrow night. Dodgers host the Yankees. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. All right. Look, not only are the Nuggets going to sweep the heat, I think we saw the closest game we're going to see in the entire series in game one. How's that for a take? Speaking of takes, we're going to do some good take, hot take next on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. But first, Harry's got to tell you this about Granger. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Good take. That's good. Great. Or a hot take. How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry. It's a good take, hot take on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. With a special guest added to us, we're three wide for this hour as we give you all the insight you could possibly need on the NBA Finals Game 1. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, hanging out with you on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Andre Snelling is joining us for this hour. All right, we're going to go through some good take, hot take. So this is where we play some of what our peers think, and then we figure out whether it's good or it's hot, and we will start with Jay Will. Jay Williams, you hear him every day on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, and this is what he said about how he thinks this series will end up for the Nuggets. I think a sweep is on the table. I do think that at the end of the day, the power in the sides of Denver is going to be different. You've never heard the word yeah. sweep coming out of my mouth with Miami. I may have picked against Miami, but I never said sweep. This well, one I think is different. Sweet. Yes, I'm saying I'm holding a broom in my hand today. All right, what do you think, Trey? Good take, hot take, that it'll be a sweep. It's hot take for me. Um, I do think that Miami uh, makes some adjustments, does some of that uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and figures out the way to win. Not even just one. I think, they, I think it's going at least six. Wow. Okay, Harry, what do you think? I think it's a hot take. Um, when I look at this Miami team and who they're led by, Nick Spolster and also Jimmy Butler, and I also look at some of the things that they can do better that they didn't do so well um, in game one. I think it's a hot take. I think Miami w- would get at least one game in this series. I put my cash on it being a sweep, so I'm all in on it being a sweep. Also, Brazilian, Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu, you called BJJ. Like, yeah. how cool do you have to be to just, like, be able to roll that off? Like, if <laughs> I'm so like, close to Brazilian butt lift. That's so, okay. so close to it, Trey. That's different. That's <laughs> different. That, is, that is a slightly BBL different exercise. I mean, I mean, I do love those workouts. All right. Uh, let's keep the good takes and hot takes coming. Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu being in proximity to Brazilian butt lift is a hot take. Shane Battier, two-time NBA champion on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, said this about needing a title to be an all-timer. I think Jimmy is one of the greatest players of our generation. Um, and that as a player, that's all you can hope for, right? The, the all-time great discussions, that's for the barbershop. And I don't think you get into that conversation unless you win a championship. All right, what do you think, Harry? Do you have to have a championship to be in the all-time great conversation? No, I think this is a hot take. Um, Charles Barkley is an all-time great He doesn't have an NBA championship. Would it be great if he did have one? Yes. Would we talk about him and his legacy probably a little bit better? Yeah, probably. But he's an all-time great regardless. So I don't think you need an NBA championship to be an all-time great. I actually totally agree with that take, and I'd also add guys like Patrick Ewing, right? Like, there's plenty of great 
Yeah, to me, all-time great means every time you're sitting in the barbershop and you talk about a team, somebody says, ah, but what about Jim? <laughs> ah, all right. So I knew that was coming. You knew it was coming. All right, so uh, what, do, what do you think, Dre? Yeah, it's a hot take because so it might be difficult to get into the GOAT debate with, without a ring, um, and I don't even necessarily agree with that because that's not how I evaluate, but that's not the level Jimmy Butler's trying to get into. He's trying to get into the Barkley and Malone and, and those types of players' levels, and that's an all-time great. That might not be the best ever, but you could be an all-time great without a ring. All right, let's keep the heat takes coming from Jalen Rose, ESPN NBA analyst, was on NBA Countdown and said this about one particular person that the Heat need to return in Tyler Hero. They're going to need him if they're going to win this series because, as Woj mentioned, his offensive prowess in particular getting shots off the dribble for himself and late in, ga- late in clock, late in game situations as a shot maker. So I think he's going to be a joke, but he's not much of a defender. And one of the things that he'd have done really well is defend to get to this point. But obviously, you want to welcome a player like that back. All right, what do you think? Is that a good take or hot take, Trey? It's a good take. Um, if they're going to have a chance, we've spent this whole time talking about how the Nuggets are just better objectively than the Heat, and that for the Heat to win, they have to pull out all the tricks. And so having a guy like Tyler Hero, if he's able to play at a high level, that gives them another tool that they can work with to, to try to have a hope of doing something against the Nuggets. So I think that's a good take. Harry, what do you think? Okay, yeah, if they have a chance at winning, which I don't think they have a chance at winning this NBA championship versus the Denver Nuggets, yes, they're going to need Tyler Hero. This is a guy that averaged 20 points per game in the regular season. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid-range. He can get to the free throw line. He can make tough shots at times. There are times where he makes some, uh, makes some uh, miraculous three-point shots, and I'm like, how in the hell did he even make it? So they're going to need his scoring if they want to have a chance at trying to win this championship, in which I think is very, very slow. Yeah, I, I see all of the needs on that. I just don't know that it actually executes because when he comes back, he's also going to need time to, I don't know, knock off the rust. Like, just thinking that he's going to come in and immediately – we asked ourselves whether nine days off was going to be an issue for the Nuggets, <laughs> and now we just want Tyler Hero to come in. Like, I think we're all saying the same thing, that the Heat have a better chance of winning if Hero returns and if he plays great. I just also think I have a better chance of dunking a basketball if I happen to be nine foot four inches tall. Like that, that, I think that gives me about the best. I got to be roughly nine. Or, foot. or or you can work on your calf strength. I mean, on your oh, leg strength. Say, if oh. you're nine four, your arms reach higher than the rim. I well, think you can reach downward to dunk. You have not seen my very pitiful vertical. So like, let's just. I'm not going to leave anything up to chance. I almost. Oh, is it true what they say? White men can't jump? No, this white man can't (laughs) jump. There's a big difference. Like, this one particular white man named me cannot jump at all. All right, for all these good takes and hot takes, there's one take out there about the Philadelphia 76ers that you've got to hear from one of our favorites because it ties in to what their head coach said yesterday that has everybody ready for high school-level gossip. We will break it down for you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Love Fridays. Andre Snellen hanging out with us in studio. You can listen to Andre from 3 to 7 today also. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. One of my favorite things about Love Friday is that we genuinely have no idea what songs are coming. Javante doing a great job putting together the playlist today. But it's fun just watching all of us sit back with anticipation 
knowing that there's a song about to be played. We're like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And then at the same time, everybody's head starts bobbing. We're like, yeah. So I got I to gotta let uh, Dre know this fit. So tonight, you know, me and my wife, we're going to have date night. Uh-huh. In Atlanta, they're having an R&B music experience. So we're going to go see... You know, Tyrese, Escape, Trey Songs, 112, El DeBarge, Next, Tweet. So I'm I'm really it. looking forward to this because it is Love Friday, date night for me and the wife. The kids are at her parents' house. Oh. Mm-hmm. Man, we're going to have some fun tonight. Oh, man. yeah. Thoughts and prayers for your ceiling fan. I mean, that's <laughs> just. Hey, that bad boy coming <laughs> off, the, off the hinges today. I mean, that's <laughs> the beater jacket. <laughs> I mean, Harry's been working out. Like, he's going to be just, whoa. Oh, I mean. Hey, as soon as the show's done, I got I got my upper body lift and my core and a little cardio. Mm-hmm. You know? Are, we, are, you actually, yeah. are you talking about lifting weights or are you just talking about how the night's going to start? I'm talking about real weights, man. Oh, oh, <laughs> make a hip pop off. Just make sure that you rest them hips. All right. Uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Yoga. Oh, man. Oh. Here, nothing if not bendy. Uh, all right, the 76ers uh, are good. <laughs> Dre's like, y'all like each other too much. Okay, uh, 76ers coach Nick Nurse uh, came out at his press conference, and you knew he was going to be asked a question about James Harden. I didn't know that any sort of an answer would cause this level of reaction, but particularly the the answer itself does sort of create a question of what exactly he means because this is how it went down at the press conference with Nick Nurse. Better at the end of those two months. Do you, you want James Harden round? back? Pardon me? Do you want James Harden back? James Harden's a great player. I yep. didn't answer the question. Well, I would say this is that James has a decision to make. I'd be very happy if he came back. <laughs> so rude. So I mean, aggressive with it. I would say That's Philly for bad. you. <laughs> I, but look, this ain't Toronto anymore. You, you're not hanging around where they're going to let it go, Harry. It, it, they they asked that to. I mean, listen to this again. Better at the end of those two months. And you want James Harden round. back? Direct. Pardon me. Do you want James Harden back? James Harden's a great player. I mean, come on. Like, do you want him back? He's a great player. He's got decisions. Harry, it, I mean, it sounds like Nick Nurse is kind of saying, "Hey, man, come back if you want to, but we're fine. We're good if you don't." Well, I mean, I think it also sounds like James Harden might be leading towards not coming back. Right, because we know a guy like Nick Nurse, he's going to demand you to play defense, not just defense for the first five seconds of the shot clock, not just defense, you know, when you feel like it, but you need to be locked in at all times. Now, he does like to get up and down the floor, but, you know, James Harden is his own man and and he's going to make his decision. And Nick Nurse would love to have James Harden back, but Nick Nurse isn't going to go in a corner and cry if he doesn't come back. He's just going to move forward with his basketball team. Man, there are certain phrases that if you start your sentence with them, it means you lying. <laughs> when you start your sentence with, I would say uh, this is uh, is uh, that. That's lying. You might as well start off with, nah, see what had happened was. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he says after that is cap. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's he doesn't want Harden back. I don't know if like Fitz, I mean, I'm sorry, like Harry said, he has some inkling of what Harden's going to do. But um, there was nothing about that answer that said, yeah, we're getting James Harden back. Look, look guys, I, I'm, I'm not brilliant, but I'm smart enough to figure this out. Dre, go ahead and ask me the question. I'm going to pretend I'm Nick Nurse. You ask me if I want James Harden back. 
do you want James Harden back? Absolutely. James Harden is one of the best players in the world, and uh, the 76ers see our identity uh, tied to what we can do with greatness. I want the opportunity to coach the best in the world. James Harden is one of them. Even if I don't believe that. If that's I believe what, you. Right, like, if, that's, if I want James Harden to come back, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I know he's not interested in coming back, if I'm trying to do the high school thing of, like, I broke up with you first, if, mm-hmm. I'm, if I also don't give a damn what you think, then you're like, you want James Harden back? I'm like, yeah, I mean, He's fine. He, mm-hmm. he, he's a great player. He got, he's got to make his own decision. We're not gonna we're not gonna beg for him to come back. Like Love y'all, like let's be real. That is a very clear tor- uh, Toronto. I'm still putting him there. That's a very clear indication in Nick Nurse saying my team don't really give a damn about James if he doesn't want to be here. Well, but that, that's the thing though. Like like that's why I say it. Like it's not like Nick Nurse is gonna go hide in a corner and boohoo cry if James Harden doesn't come back. <laughs> like yeah. He's just going to move forward with his team and, and get the pieces that he feel like he needs for them to be successful. So I I met J- uh, Daryl Morey in Boston at the Sloan Analytics Conference, and I've seen him wearing a T-shirt with James Harden's picture on it with, with like, you know, the, when he was given the look like that when somebody asked a question. That's what you wear if you want James Harden back. Nick Nurse wasn't wearing no James Harden T-shirt, so I'm I'm of the impression that he does not expect him to be back. Yeah, I, I think this is so interesting. Uh, you know, the part of the quote, winning has to be the sell, right? That's what he said. Nick Nurse said, can we be good enough to win it all? That's got to be a goal of his. I mean, these are all passive aggressive. Yeah. You're just you're backhanded him. Like, hey, look, can we be good enough to win it all? That's got to be a goal of his. Whap! Yeah. I mean, that's a, <laughs> a follow. Like, if it's not his goal, like, hey, man, you know what? We're interested in win it all, and maybe he's not. Whap! Like, that's what just over and over here. Nick Nurse is like, he just came in guns blazing at this press conference. He's like, I'm gonna throw down gloves, and I am ready, sir, to duel. Like, it just feels like he's he's coming after it. I'm picturing the old school Batman where pow and whap. <laughs> <laughs> up on the screen every time you give the, uh, the back there was, there was an old Bugs Bunny, if you're old like I am, for Looney Tunes, where Bugs took off his glove and he just kept slapping Elmer Fudd in the face. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I can think about. Now, maybe at the end of the day, they don't even need him. Uh, maybe they, they're they fine without him. And that can be part of the conversation because uh, I, I think it was Monica McNutt, yeah, that, that said that, you know, Joel Embiid doesn't really need that from him. She's just, Monica stresses here that he just needs a point guard. He just needs a point guard of consequence. I'm I'm not saying you can just go grab anybody, but Joel Embiid is one of those guys that shifts defenses enough that if you get him a point guard of consequence, they should be able to figure it out. Of course, with the growth of Tyrese Maxey, and perhaps if a different shift at that point guard position, maybe you see more of Tobias Harris as a offensive weapon. Fred Van Vliet. Uh, so, so what, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I agree with what she's saying, but you know also what would help this out? If Joel Embiid can stay healthy throughout the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Two years ago, he had the orbital fracture. Last This year was the knee. If he can remain healthy throughout the playoffs, that will help this out also. But I think with James, if James Harden isn't back, I think we would see a Tyrese Maxey ascend more. I think we also would see a Tobias Harris in his play go to another level. Yeah, I mean, what Monica was saying and what I agree with is they need consistency at that position, right? Yeah. James Harden would mm, come in and score sense. 46 with 11 assists, and then the next game – he he was acting like he had never touched a basketball before. He didn't know whether to pass, dribble, or shoot. You can't have that level of inconsistency with the healthy Joel Embiid because I agree that's a, a key as well. But, you know, a, a high-level player that could give Embiid what he needs every night is 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 important. You can't just be that inconsistent. Tune in to an interleague battle Sunday. The Dodgers host the Yankees. Coverage of Sunday night baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, 7 p.m. on ESPN 
Feels like this is one of those moments to me, gentlemen, where somebody's asked for space and the other person's like, you can get it, but I ain't waiting around. Like, you can take your time, figure it out. But uh, look, I, I am a catch and I am going to do what, like, I am the prize. Uh, Nick Nurse is looking around saying, hey, you want to be here? We're going to win. You don't want to be here? We're going to win. You are not the variable that will control us one way or the other. All right. What makes Jokic so impressive? We'll ask our own big man. Dre, thanks for hanging out with us this All hour. Right, we appreciate you. Home. More Fitz and Harry coming up All next right, on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.